With the big boys coming with the big fists. I feel so clean, Parakeen season three, oh yeah. Big hoes coming with the big pots. Feel so clean, Parakeen season three, oh yeah. With the big boys coming with the big fists. I feel so clean, Parakeen season three, oh yeah. Big hoes coming with the big pots. Feel so clean, Parakeen season three, oh yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to Pair of Kings, where we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. My name is John Hogaboom, and I am joined by not one, not two, but three other people in the podcast studio today. First off, we have my lovely co-host, Saul Thompson. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. John, you forgot. I realized Come as on, I dude. was saying, as I was doing the <laughs> intro, I realized I messed it up. But uh, you can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. Saul, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, we're recording this, I guess, out of um, sequence with mm-hmm. our um, our weekly Tuesday episode. This is coming before, but I'm doing a lot better. Um, Good. Sleeping more, feeling a bit healthier. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling good. Glad to hear it, my friend. Yeah. Glad what about you? I'm doing all right myself. Um, weather's getting colder here in Michigan, so a lot of uh, a lot of winter wear, a lot of a lot of jackets, big pants, and uh, on that note, a lot of boots. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Saul, would you like to introduce our guests? For the Absolutely, day? we have the dynamic. Du- oh my God, I'm already butchering <laughs> already butchering my words. That was what three? Um, I think that was three. The, yeah. Okay, dynamic duo from over at season three, um, Jared and Adam. Um, for those who don't know, um, far be it from me to tell you what the brand is about. That's, I guess, what we'll get into over the course of this podcast. I don't want to, you know, take the words out of their mouths. But as I, and I guess John understand that they are a um, outdoor, um, whether that be hiking or just general outdoor um, lifestyle brand, they make um, boots, they make, I believe it's just boots at the moment. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they've collaborated um, with artists before. They've collaborated with um, podcasts, all sorts of people, podcasts now. Um, yeah, we're just very excited to have them. Hey, guys. Welcome, guys. It's nice to be here. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. We're very excited. Uh, as to noted boot enjoyers ourselves, it's, uh, it's a big day for the Pair of Kings podcast. <laughs> I hope so. We're, we're definitely going to disappoint you. So I can't oh, wait. Perfect. That's, that's kind of our signature move is disappointing. <laughs> so it's, it's good to know. We'll kind of be going back and forth with that. Excellent. But uh, to start things off, how are you guys? Feeling good. good. Feeling good. Uh, stuck inside. It's a blizzard here in New York. And uh, it's nice to be inside for the first time in, in nine months. Yes, yeah, indeed. I'm freezing inside my apartment uh, currently. Uh, which is always a weird feeling. I moved into a new place and the windows uh, are terrible with insulation and cold air just continues to blow in. Not a great mix. Not a great mix at all. No, boots in the house. (laughs) Oh God. I say if we- Is it that desperate you're wearing boots inside of the house? Well, the girlfriend doesn't allow uh, any footwear in the house. So I'd have to take a new pair out of the box. Uh, (laughs) I think we've been just going with coats and uh, waiting till uh, maintenance comes up to fix the windows. <laughs> well, on the on the note of outfits, we always love to start 
each podcast off with a fit check as we are a fashion podcast at the end of the day. So take it away, gentlemen. Wow. Yeah, you got it. I guess I got to explain the fit check. You just kind of run through the outfit top to bottom or bottom to top your call. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so for me, I have on a uh, flat earth tee. It's a brand started by our friends, Archie Lee Coates and his, his best friend, Gabe. Archie is our uh, designer who did our brand identity. He's at a studio called Playlab out in uh, LA. And uh, yeah, so they have a brand called Flat Earth where they lean into conspiracy theories and, uh, and, and, and they do some cool stuff. Uh, sweatpants, because it's inside and, and why not? These are just some champion, champion sweatpants, which are nice and cheap, like $20. And then socks are important. I'm sure Adam and I are wearing the same unless he's testing out ours, but uh, darn tough, darn tough socks, merino wool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's as good as it gets on the stock market until we put our sock out. Ooh, I like the confidence. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I'm very basic right now, literally. I'm wearing a Uniqlo like hoodie, a Uniqlo t-shirt, and some University of Texas uh, at Austin uh, sweats. I did not go there and have oh. no business wearing them, just for the record. But I did go to Austin a few times and picked up a pair. And then, as Jarrett mentioned, I actually am wearing our prototype uh, socks, uh, which are pretty cool. Yeah, so just the last top three secret months. information. Correct. Okay. You went just. You. I'm sorry. You went to Austin, Texas, just to get a pair of sweatpants. No, no. I went for actually true story. I went simply for uh, Franklin's BBQ. Um, oh, Aaron Franklin's good. barbecue joint, which, uh, as far as I know, makes the best brisket uh, so far in the U.S. Mm. Uh, but you know that's why we went, and then a bachelor party, and then oh. then the third trip was to pick up the sweatpants. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> perfect. We had a we had a, an Austin local on the pod a couple of weeks ago. He yeah. said Franklin's is not the place to go. I I know that there's a few other ones, and I think Franklin's mm. probably now has gotten too popular for mm. its own good. Mm-hmm. I was there like eight years ago when ah. he was still kind of up and coming, and I just like him as a human, like from everything I've seen on YouTube and his interviews, but. I'm just like most people curious about food and, and delicious mm. barbecue is on top of anyone's list. Absolutely. But there were a few really great BBQ places. I'm only speaking specifically of brisket though, which again, mm. pound for pound has for me been the best, but I have no doubt there are places I haven't heard from in Texas, uh, Missouri, Tennessee uh, that are amazing. So yeah. Mm. So you talked about collapsing under the weight of your own brand. When can we expect that from you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Probably it's happened already. Um, that probably this podcast. Happened, no, honestly, early pandemic. I think okay. is what, mm. what killed us. We literally launched the brand uh, end of Feb, early March. So we had yeah. a, a clear skies for about ten days mm. before the country shut down. Fun. It was really perfect timing. Um, <laughs> honest to God, Jarrett and I had a lot of conversations of just like, well, we've been a brand for three weeks now i think we're done though <laughs> like i think we're about to close <laughs> up shop because the world's ending mm-hmm. um 
and I'm not exaggerating of the magnitude of the conversations was he yeah. was, uh, I had already graduated from MIT where we met. Jarrett had, was finishing up as he was doing a dual degree program because he's fancier than I am with, with Harvard <laughs> Kennedy as well. And we were just like, how, what, like, we're like, we don't know what's next. And this is, was a fun project, but it's probably a, a past project. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, we did not have any stores yet or employees other than us and some interns and contractors. So we were able to kind of hunker down weather the storm and almost mm. like completely shut down operations for like four months oh, wow. and do nothing and just hibernate. During that time, you know, we collaborated with Benjamin Edgar. We mm -hmm. postponed the launch of that for like six months and thankfully kind of came out the other side when things started looking better in June and July and, you know, things really started picking up for us. And it makes sense during like the fall, which is more or less boot season into the winter. And, you know, sales have obviously been going in the right direction. Um, yeah. And now we're, we're trying to raise some money and kind of keep to keep the party going. Yeah. Excellent. Did I hear that Jared went to Harvard or did a dual degree at Harvard? Harvard and MIT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We might yeah. have to shut down the pod. I'm, I'm here at Yale University. So nice. it might be bad nice. blood. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely I mean, bad blood. But we're only on the, the graduate side, so it's fine. We don't care that much. <laughs> so we have two wildly undereducated men with us. Um, thank you for the fits. John, do you want to you take yours away? Yeah, I'll, I'll run through mine real quick. Uh, on the feet, I have a pair of indigo-dyed indigo socks from Studio to Artisan. Uh, on the legs, a pair of Carhartt double knees as it is getting cold. And uh, on top... Thank you. I have a t-shirt. We just recommended those, actually, in another thing we were doing. What was it? What did you say? We, sorry, we just recommended those. And like ah. someone asked us for like outdoor essential recommendations and Carhartt double knees. It's an excellent style. pair of pants. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a, a vintage pair of denim double knees coming in today from Grail. Oh. So I'm excited mm -hmm. about those. Um, and then on top, I have a t-shirt from my senior year bar crawl at Michigan State. <laughs> And a uh, sweater from our good friend Zach over at Basket Case. It is the leash sweater. It's got two dogs on it on the front. Right. Great, great sweater, like fisherman knit for this time of year. It's really nice. Saul, round us out. What do you got going on today? Okay, I'll, I'll blaze through it. I got no shoes on because I'm in the house. I'm not a heathen. Um, if you are in the house, I think you can only wear designated house shoes. By two cents. I have a shirt on. Uh, from James Purse, that's seven years old at this point. Um, I don't know. It, it used to be like a like a slightly brightish pink, and it's now white. So take from that what you will. It lasts forever. Um, and then on my legs, I have a pair of like <laughs> boot cut pants from um, a brand called Blue Blue Japan. They have a thing on the back that looks like. Um, to describe it it's like um like a butt pouch and it i don't know so it, a pocket I, I, yeah i mean it's a pocket but it's across <laughs> the butt um, oh okay Unipocket. Wait, it's a singular a singular pocket across both cheeks yeah so, Saul just wants to show everyone that's yeah, what that's what he's getting at um I've, I've stuffed it with a towel when it's deflated it makes <laughs> my butt look like a kardashian might have popped but other than that it's really cool pair of jeans and i like them a lot yeah I remember when you got those, you were very up in the air on whether or not you wanted to keep them. Because I didn't know how to wear them. I mean, no. they're just bizarre. They are bizarre, but they're, they're, you know, it's a fun pair of jeans. Yeah, that it is. 
Well, that is a fit check all around. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. We're going to get into the main event of this podcast. We have some questions written up for you guys, and we're looking forward to getting into them. So to start things off, we've kind of been over this, but how are you guys and what have you been up to over quarantine? Yeah, I mean, we're good. We're in a good place right now. Good. Over quarantine, we've, I don't know, been trying to refocus a bunch of shit, figure out like, you know, how one, we're going to survive as Adam mentioned, but then also like, what's the point of this? I feel like quarantine's a good time to think. Like if you haven't had time to think, like you probably haven't done it right. But like, I think we've had to think deeper about like, okay, we started this just because we wanted it for ourselves, which mm-hmm. is like how I think a lot of people start fashion brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, what's it actually mean? Like, what are we doing? Like, what's the mission here? And if we're truly successful, like who cares? Um, like those are the questions I feel like you really need to answer. And, and we've had plenty of time to think on that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes complete sense. So do you guys have any sort of background with footwear? Like season three, if you look at your web shop, um, I think you have one long sleeve t-shirt, but other than that, it's all boots and I guess laces, which you sell separately. But, um, do you guys yourselves have any background with footwear design? Um, or was it just something like, you know, we enjoy, I don't know, these style of boots, therefore we want to make them for ourselves. Like, so, so no, we didn't, um, which is like the key thing to our story. Like we had no background in footwear design, manufacturing, like professional experience in marketing or fashion at all like none of that um so we came at this like but i will say that like i have always loved shoes like i've always loved shoes and always loved sneakers so like yeah i was always a collector of sorts for both of those things but i think the issue i had always had is like i didn't have a pair of boots that i ever liked like ever in my life like i mean i think the the pair of boots that i liked the most ever was like a pair of Timberland Euro hikers back when I was in like seventh grade. Um, but like since then, I've not had any boots that I like. So I think that like the you know decision to start this was really a question of like, what is it that I and other people who are like me hate about boots? And like, can we solve that? Like, can we make a boot that like you would actually like if you're coming from a place of not liking boots or having a reason not want to wear them? So that's, you know, that was really the, the spark. Excellent. You mentioned that you're uh, like a into sneakers or a sneaker collector. Do you have any notable pairs or have you had in hand, maybe you've sold them in the future? Any cool? Well, I mean, it's, it's, so I was never like off the deep end. Um, (laughs) I was just, I was just like, I was a kid who knew how to use the internet my entire life. Um, So like I, I grew up and like would, could find shoes that I thought were really cool and like, Mm -hmm. you know, flip them and like do all that shit on a much smaller scale than what like kids do these days um but when i was in middle school and high school i really liked fb dunks uh which is interesting because we've come back around to that being like the main thing so like yeah. i see on like instagram curator accounts like everyday pairs that i used to have uh the most notable ones i had were the purple pigeons which okay. like i looked them up i think like at the beginning of the year i looked them up because i was doing some like interview thing where I was mentioning them and um and yeah like they were like a thousand dollars or something like to buy like on yep. some like eBay and stock X and 
you know, I mean, that, that like, I don't know, what did I have been 12 years ago? So like, that, that's not like it would have been a worthwhile trade, but it's just interesting to think that like, I really didn't give a shit about those then. Like I beat them to hell. Mm-hmm. And now there's kids who are probably coveting them like they're some like artifact from like ancient times. <laughs> I'm already collecting season three boots. Smart, like, yeah. Just wait, just wait. It'll... Good investment, <laughs> yeah. In the future, the resale prices are going to go crazy. You're going to spike, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. That's kind of how I got into sneakers as well. Back in the day, was SBs and like early Nike basketball from that era, mm-hmm. and it's really weird to see like pairs that were going for retail or less back in when I was in middle yeah. school and high school, going for like the the Stussy Dunks, the the Neapolitan mm-hmm. ones. Those go for like four to five thousand now. That's yeah. insane. The fact that there is a resale value at all on mm-hmm. sneakers blows my mind to mm-hmm. such an extreme. It's it's crazy. Like I get the culture, I get all that. I've never been a part of it for one second, and that's not to say it's a negative. I just it's not where my interests kind of lie. Sure. But at the same time, like the fact that StockX is like a three billion dollar company now that launched in 2016 is so friggin' crazy to me. I mean, yeah. that's nuts. A three billion dollar company that doesn't yeah, have they, like basic two factor yeah. two factor authentication and oh yeah, yeah. they are the worst. Yeah. They stole my they data back in early twenty eighteen. Everyone yeah, they just like, raised another two hundred and fifty million like a week ago. It's insane like a to me. Two four or two eight billion valuation, like something absurd. But like honestly, good on them. Like we're not yeah. jealous of people and their success. Like we think it's amazing and you know good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for when they stole my data. That well, was not fun when they had, they had a huge data breach a couple of years ago. And I had like every yeah. account I've ever made attempted logins. It was insane. That is a bummer. But the good news is that <laughs> based on the hack that Russia just did, everyone's information is now everywhere. So Perfect. it's all the same. It's yeah. everyone. It's all evened out. Um, nice, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> cool. So we've talked about this. To, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Saul, do your, do your anecdote. My, my joke, I was going to say, I'm looking forward to videos of me singing Call Me Baby in my bedroom when I was in sixth grade circulating around the internet. That'll be, yeah, that'll be awesome. It's going to be great. Perfect yeah. for my image, yeah. So we've talked it's, about this. It wouldn't be on brand for you? It's on brand with Pair of Kings. Basically, yeah. 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 That's the, the type of energy <laughs> we, we carry for sure. Um, so we've talked about this a little bit. You guys met each other at MIT. How in particular did you meet each other? Uh, it was right before the program started when you go to business school, there's all these meetups because the experience is so much about like the classmates and kind of the network that you get from there, who in theory would be the network for the rest of your kind of existence. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really important to kind of mesh with the student body. Like it would be at any school, but I think business school, it's like the sole purpose. So there's all these meetups prior to attending. Uh, so you get into hopefully a couple of schools or a bunch of schools, you kind of go to a few meetups get the vibe now it's all done virtually and digitally and i don't understand how that's even possible to evaluate but uh i met jay i was traveling before b school i came back i was pretty far behind in like all of my diligence and then the first kind of meetup in new york city we, i met jared at and a few other people and obviously we we got along well which is why we're still working together today three years later but uh for better or for worse but uh yeah no it that's pretty much it that's the story and then uh, by random chance we also there's all these trips prior to 
school starting and we were paired uh, with like 15 others on this trip to Iceland, nice. uh, which is where I met his girlfriend for the first time. And we did a bunch of things and that kind of began to cement, you know, more of like a friendship and then working relationship because we had a few ideas we were tossing around by that point. Uh, not this particular one uh, that we wanted to try to work, to work with each other on. And then it kind of went from there. Excellent. Yeah. I just look at you guys now on the pair of Kings podcast on a Friday well, morning. Yeah, we've come. made it. <laughs> made it. Welcome, welcome to the big leagues. Um, so season three, what inspired the name choice? So yeah, I mean, it's... Go for it. Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll both answer. It's, it's just the name that we picked. <laughs> like, it's, it was a working title. Um, I guess the story goes that, like, we threw, like, all of the fucking naming techniques that you're supposed to do at the wall, like, and none of what we came up with was good. Like, it just, it, it was all terrible. So we, you know, I just sent Adam a text. I'm like, hey, what about season two? He's like, uh, what about season three? And like, we just were like, okay, we'll just name it that for now. And it, and it kind of stuck. Whenever people ask us about it, we like have like <clears throat> a variety of explanations, um, which are all like, you know, just fabricated like on the back end. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, it really honestly was just like, we liked it, how it sounds. Yeah. Absolutely. It stuck out to me. Um, I actually first found you guys from an ad on Instagram and uh, it's working. Continue to working. do some research. And I'm in, I mean, I studied advertising in college, so it definitely stuck out. So kudos to you guys on that one. Cause normally I hate commercials. I hate advertisements, but we you guys did too. something right. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. Uh, one that we appreciate and, and take pride in the simple fact that we also hate you know, Facebook ads and mm -hmm. Instagram ads and kind of going through that process, but we know it's a necessary component of the business model. Absolutely. Uh, at the same time, like we try to produce content that is aesthetically pleasing and we really like, but we found through our great partners who help us with um, running our, our, our ad campaigns that the stuff we like to put out into the world is not the stuff that sells product at all. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of had to section off in our brain how we think about ads and content in general. Of like, sure. We so we all of our shoots now we do like set shots for ads and products, uh, which we kind of like. They always come out great. Like the ones we just did in the Coney Island shoot came out great. But like, don't really like they're fine. They're whatever. But like the lifestyle shoot, capturing capturing the, the scene and the essence of it, you know, matters much more to us. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, I'm glad that our ads stood out because we're trying to take a stand and put more content up there that we appreciate and try to bridge that gap between what actually sells product and moves merch mm -hmm. and, you know, what we actually like to put out into the world. Like any, any ad you see, like when you go on Instagram, you see an ad and you're like, I've seen this thing like 15 fucking times, like, and it just keeps looping. Like what that usually means is that it's working. Yeah. Maybe not for you, but like there are people who are really <laughs> clicking on that shit. Yeah. You know what I found out this morning, actually? So our hmm. intern, Olivia, who's um, an actual MIT undergrad genius, uh, she put together some research on ads, like uh, from our competitors and stuff. Okay. And every, every single product shot, I'm not exaggerating, is the boots facing from left to right. And you're getting basically the right side version of it. Mm -hmm. Ours goes the opposite way. We are Ooh. the only company that is the opposite. And I don't think that's a good thing. Innovation <laughs> from the ground up. Yeah, it's because apparently you read left to right, and that's how okay. your eyes move. And then, mm -hmm. well, a smart smart company would do their ads like that. 
we are not a smart company. So we did the exact opposite, um, which I found hilarious this morning, but yeah. Perfect. I like that as a, as a quotable, <laughs> we are not a yeah. smart company. Um, yeah. Out of curiosity, who are your you know, like quote unquote competitors who in the, you know, in the, in the boot field or in the like who are the outdoor. Yeah. Who, who who's <laughs> against you guys? <laughs> who's well, going to jump you, I mean, you on the street? <laughs> it's funny because like for you know again like the starting point for us is like you know not liking boots so mm-hmm. in that sense it's like we're competing really with sneakers because like mm-hmm. the idea of our boot is like we wanted to make a boot that you could wear like most of the time you know yeah. so mm-hmm. something that isn't just like oh it's snowing out or it's raining out so you got to grab a boot it's like you know you could just put this on and go right mm-hmm. so in that sense it's like sneakers are what people mostly do that with so that's you know the bigger competitor um the thing i would say in the boot space like the companies that that we would sit next to are the ones that are the like traditional heritage like footwear companies so like uh danner is the the big one in the u.s Mm -hmm. um and then you've got the european ones so like fraca dm like all, all of those companies that make like because the the silhouette of what our boot goes for is like the classic european yeah. hiking boot mm-hmm. and so like a lot of their you know pair boot you know is a french uh company that makes their version of it like there's a lot of european companies that still make them um montclair even has has a version um but you know most of those play in the you know entry to upper you know luxury ranges so i would say that like that's you know on a direct level those are our competitors but like the way we're positioning it's like it's more trying to go after people who like don't care about any of those companies so when you say that it has or your boots have like a classic french design um was that something that you were going for initially was that something that you arrived to um you know have you had you excuse me had hiking boots in the past that you're like you know these are french um style hiking boots we like these more than whatever i'm just you know i'm not super tapped into the the hiking boot world (laughs) in china trying to figure out more so no, we didn't we didn't decide on the style um, before like kind of embarking on on what we wanted to do. Like we we decided on the concept first. The concept is like okay, you can wear this whenever. Um, so most days of the year, you it's gonna it's got to be that means it's got to be as comfortable as a sneaker. It's got to be easy mm-hmm. to put on, but at the same time, it's got to be giving you something that your sneakers aren't giving you. So like it's got to be waterproof. Like no no excuses for it not being waterproof got to be durable it's got to be you know you've got to be able to truly hike in it if you want it to do that so i think when we put all those like must-haves together on a board and started looking and doing research on that on style like the classic hiking boot became like an obvious choice um just based off of you know the the way the design was set up so like the placement of the laces um and, and things like that made sense where it's like okay it'd be easy to make sure this is waterproof It'd be easy to make sure this has the comfort and all the shit that we want to pack into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's kind of how we arrived there because, yeah, I mean, I think at the time we were making this and first kind of iterating, it's like at the time where like, you know, Blundstone, for example, is like edits yeah. like height and popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, obviously like there are other forms that we thought about, like we we're like, Oh, people love Chelsea boots. Is that something we, you know, should investigate? But like, we don't love Chelsea boots like that. So like we, you know, we, we couldn't do it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why, why we get there. Excellent. Um, 
So you've talked about the design process. What has been the most difficult part of that process? I think all of it, honestly, you know, perfect. Like that's probably not, not the best answer, but it's, probably the tr it's honestly probably the truth in yeah. the sense that as you alluded to kind of at the top, we didn't have backgrounds in design and footwear, you know, manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And while we're both very curious individuals and, you know, Jared had taken some like, you know, night classes for architecture and drawing I cannot do anything of the sort. And so we didn't even know where to begin really is, is the point. So we put together like a ridiculously over the top comprehensive mood board of different styles, designs, kind of, and what we were looking for. Yeah. And then again, the next step, like finding an actual designer drawer to help us along the process sure. was not an easy thing because when you're starting out, uh, nobody wants to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's like, why should I waste my time on you? Even if you're willing to pay me, if this is not going to go somewhere. So having like 50 meetings, you know, 50 meetings later, basically finding someone <laughs> that made sense for us and also learning what we're even supposed to ask in those, you know, interviews mm -hmm. and those, those uh, calls was a, just a long and arduous process. Mm -hmm. um, but Thankfully, the one thing I will always give us credit on, like we're both, as I mentioned, very curious individuals and love the aspect of learning. So like we, when we dive into something, like we dive deep. And the minute we decided to go down this path, like we did like a stupid amount of research on like materials, design elements, processes. And, mm -hmm. you know, and we like telling the story that like we pissed off a lot of people in the process because we asked just a stupid amount of questions. Uh, because honestly, we don't know and we don't pretend like we are smarter than everyone else because yeah. in this arena, we are not. So in this arena. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. In other arenas, we probably might be. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, it, so it, it was a tough thing to just learn something from mm -hmm. scratch, do it. And then again, get factories to take you seriously. We're sure. the same exact process all over again, trying to figure out what we're supposed to know about the actual prototyping and manufacturing process, how much mm -hmm. things are supposed to cost, how long they take. It's, it's, it's a pretty different and deep world. And mm -hmm. especially if you make in Europe, it's a lot of old world manufacturing styles still, sure. which for quality is an amazing thing. But in terms of, you know, business, sometimes uh, a few hiccups kind of come about just because like, again, they really won't take your call. They won't take you seriously. Like even to get a Merino wool component, uh, it took us four months to get through to the supplier. And that's not a joke. Wow. It's not an exaggeration. And it was only because a professor at uh, Sloan ended up leading a study tour to New Zealand and through there met the head of entrepreneurship of New Zealand, uh, who then he put us in touch with him. And then he put us in touch with the ZQ Merino consortium who like governs the entire Merino wool industry out of New Zealand. Okay. And then they put us in touch back in Italy with, with a supplier, like this wow. insane kind of round the world thing. Yeah. No joke took four months and like we're happy we were able to obviously make contact, but it, it was not easy. So to honestly answer your question, whether design or really everything, it, it was difficult, but that shouldn't sure. dissuade honestly anyone else from, from going down this path and trying because mm -hmm. you learn so much about, you know, something you knew nothing and so much about yourself in terms of like just perseverance and what is capable if you keep annoying the shit out of people um, that, that it's, it really ended up being a great experience. Definitely. Wow. That is quite the process. Um, 
I mean, it sounded like a blast from start to finish, you know, four months just to get in touch with the Merino wool supplier. Mm -hmm. On that note, do you plan on sticking with one silhouette or are you going to branch out and do more eventually? We're definitely going to branch out. Yeah, we're definitely going to do more because I think like, um, so I I guess one thing I didn't mention um, is that like from the outset, we kind of were making a decision to either do boots or do outerwear. Okay. And we decided to do boots. Um, knowing what we know now, we probably would have chosen outerwear just because like footwear is so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're at this point where we've like built not only like a competency, but like relationships and footwear, we're like, okay, mm-hmm. we can make more, you know, we can yeah. design more styles and, and expand the footwear line before we move on to, to some other stuff. Nice. So what do you, I, I just out of my own curiosity, there are obviously a lot of different types of hiking and outerwear boots, right? There's kind of the more classic ones, things like you guys are doing. Then you see companies like Hoka or Solomon, you know, with these insanely large soles or, yep. you know. Huge technical advancements, things like that. Absolutely. Exactly. Chunky so, soles are in. Yeah. Yeah. What is, I guess, the the thought process like for a consumer of these boots, right? Somebody who's looking Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, I want to get a pair of hiking boots. Why, you know, are the, the, the realms of like the classic hiking boot that much different to the ones of the, um, I'll say like the futuristic ones for lack of a better term, just because they look like something like a spaceship themselves. Um, You know, like what are the, the benefits of each, Mm-hmm. so on and so forth. yeah i mean just, you know so so yeah i mean i think that like so the boot that we made again like adam mentioned it's like old world in style but also produced mm-hmm. in the old world factory um mm-hmm. since then since the heyday of, of factories like that in european manufacturing you've had asian manufacturing come along and like mm-hmm. really do a kind of technological advances sure most of that shown up in sneakers but the a lot of companies have found ways to blend those styles back into boots so when you look at arcterics when you look at um uh solomon when you look at any of those companies that make a, a, a boot um it's gonna blend a lot of the materials that you typically find in sneakers you have like eva and tpu and you yep. know constructed midsoles that have have multiple you know components and and different pressures uh, and, and I guess, so the benefit of that is obvious because it's like all of that advancement brought comfort. It brought a ton of like mm-hmm. comfort to, to what was a pretty uncomfortable product, mm-hmm. but it also brought like, you know, the kind of like shock absorbance and response and, and all of that, that stuff. And, and it also made boots lighter, you know, that stuff works really well, uh, mm-hmm. for performance. So, you know, if you were going to go like seriously hiking and you really needed like, you know, a, a, a pair of boots, like I wouldn't recommend our boot. Like honestly, it would not. Uh, I would recommend, you know, a boot that that has, you know, more of those components because that's what you're going to want and need like when the going gets tough. Um, so all that to say that like, you know, the, the question on like, why does the c- customer consider ours versus that? Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to like more of a lifestyle so mm-hmm. if your lifestyle is one that you live in a city or you live in an urban environment um and like you find yourself like wanting to get outdoors and wanting to you know be inspired mm-hmm. to do that or like 
wanting to actually just like attack your city the way you you know you could and not you know care about ruining your you know thousand dollar uh 2001 sb dump <laughs> um you you know our our boot becomes appealing because it's like okay this is something that i know is going to hold up sure. i know it's going to be super comfortable and i know like it's the 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 style and silhouette that i'm looking for um so those are the the kind of three things that we want to anchor on to kind of meet the the kind of modern consumer where they are at the same time uh having said all that we do want to experiment with things that go up uh towards that more technical range Definitely. Um, because we think that so there's still going to be a disadvantage if we were to make it in italy just because again italy, italian manufacturing and european manufacturing in general uh doesn't have the capabilities that Asian manufacturing does for, mm -hmm. for the combination of materials and all that. Um, but there is a lot more that they can do that we're going to push them to do uh, to, to, to kind of play in that technical space, including, again, some of the, the higher end materials. Because I, I guess one thing I didn't say is that, like, that transition from, you know, like old world manufacturing to new age Asian manufacturing usually came with, um, you know, a lot cheaper costs, mm -hmm. not just because labor is cheaper. Um, it was because materials were cheaper and the quality and integrity of materials a lot of times was compromised um, because a lot of like Asian manufacturing like operates on scale. So, you know, when you're, when you're really coming in and you've got to order 10,000 of these, like only certain companies can do that. And only certain companies, you know, th those companies a lot of times just didn't care about sacrificing on, on, on quality and making something that was going to last. They just care about like, putting something out that kind of stays in trend. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that what we would want to do is not like do something just because it's in trend, but do something that's like, okay, can we make this product better? Can we actually mm -hmm. make Excellent. a technical hiking boot that's like an improvement over what, you know, someone's going to gonna gonna want to wear? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Best of best of luck dealing with the uh, the manufacturers. Do you ever graduate materials? That, uh, sounds great. Maybe you'll have to yeah. get into the director of commerce of China themselves or Italy themselves. <laughs> the Italian one would be easier to, to talk to than, than the Chinese one. Probably. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. what are I guess for each of you the favorite or your favorite feature, the favorite thing about the boots themselves? Um, is there, you know, something small or something big that maybe we haven't seen on first note, you know, first glance, excuse me, um, that you really enjoy about your boots? In, in terms of the style specifically or anything about anything? anything. It could be like yeah. the aglets and you guys are like, yeah, we crushed those. <laughs> Who knows? Well, well, we did, but it's not. You like did crush that. the aglets. The, the carbon um, fiber ones, those are wild. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, the thing that we've been heard time and time again now and been blown away by from customers and then also we uh, kind of anchored in ourselves in the construction of the product was mm -hmm. uh, the lightness and how comfortable it is. We really mm -hmm. wanted to make something and, and honestly, in some respects, like Jarrett said, the reason our boot isn't a like pure play hiker for, for technical features is because like the sole we chose, the outsole we chose specifically it was a compromise because we wanted it to be really good in rain, really good on light snow, um, but really good on concrete mm -hmm. and, and lightweight um, because some of the other soles were a lot heavier that like that, that more denser rubber. Mm -hmm. So every time um, 
and we've had amazing success with returns uh, and people really not returning. We're so far below industry average, it's kind of absurd, uh, which is really kind of a great point for us. But people always respond like, obviously like the, they think they're beautiful, they like the style, like that's all great. And like, obviously that brings us joy. But when people say, and they do thankfully, that like it's the most comfortable boot they've ever worn and it wears like sneakers, to me, that's what we, we were trying to go for and how for we sure. designed and how we put the materials together. So when they hit on that point specifically, it really brings me a lot of joy and happiness to hear. Yeah, and I think the main thing there is like, if, if, if I were to just say that, like, and you're just like listening and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a boot that wears like sneakers. I bet that you picture like some sneaker boot thing. I'm like yeah. ugly as shit, Adidas like <laughs> sneaker boot, like hybrid thing. And I think that's, that was the main thing that we wanted to go for is like, is it possible to have that, you know, that characteristic without compromising the aesthetic quality and silhouette that we want to make. So that's sure. the thing that we were able to pull off. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So we are in an era where a lot of style is influenced by what celebrities are wearing. Uh, you have, you have some really stylish celebrities. I mean, you have the Travis Scott effect where he started wearing SB dunks and now they're all going for $5,000. Which celebrity would you guys most like to see? wearing your boots can, can i just make a comment first sure. uh, because I, I am not as well versed in this world as jared is but it seems to me like anything travis scott does these days sells out in nine minutes and makes yep. millions of dollars which yep. i don't hate on someone using their platform to make all the money in the world but it's interesting what he's doing i saw yesterday he came out with a drink like a, yep. a seltzer mm. with something in it that I'm sure is the same tasting seltzer as everything else, but it's Travis He's got Scott the magic seltzer. touch. He does. It's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Travis Scott bidets coming soon. Honestly, though, I wouldn't out. be surprised and they'd sell out in nine yep. minutes. Yep. Yo, if Travis Scott sold um, like COVID masks or, or endorsed he the did. COVID vaccine, oh, he made his own he, masks. He made masks. They were, oh, they were cactus, say, cactus Jack yeah, masks. Needs, he needs to endorse the. He needs to get the vaccine on live television. I yeah, <laughs> and then, and then it's be. over. Then it's good. Yeah, yeah. but people will We're be done. reselling the vaccine on StockX. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, supposedly, uh, what Pfizer didn't tell people they put more of the vaccine in each bottle. Yeah, so and people were throwing it extra. Out. Yeah, which is insane in, in the context of what's going on. But yeah, they should. Travis Scott should just resell the extra. For, resell the extra forty percent. Here we go. Yeah. But Jared that reminds has to me of the like celebrity question. That reminds me of that. Do you remember? Um, this is like years ago. It's like a bag of air from like the yes. the uh, Kanye concert, <laughs> the yep. Yeezy concert, from the Yeezus tour. <laughs> Someone saw. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I've been thinking about the question, and I, and I feel like there's two different ways to go with it. Like, sure. But you could say. You could say, oh, here's a celebrity I want to wear because I think it actually is going to make me be meaningful to like sales and brand and shit. Or you could say, you know, here's somebody I want to wear just because like I fuck with this person like and I think it would be cool. Um, in terms of the meaningful brand part, I really have no clue. Like, I, you know, someone gave us a, a, a really good idea recently because we're anchored in the outdoors of thinking about like who are kind of celebrities you know in the in the outdoor space that we could really uh kind of align with mm -hmm. so i feel like 
if I could think of it, you know, it'd be somebody in in that place for the business thing. But I guess on the who who would it just be cool if they wore it? I don't know, like young fella, like that would be. Yo. If if he if he wore it, that would be cool. Like that, you know, I'd be happy, and 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 it wouldn't necessarily move anything, but it would be, you know, it'd be cool that he wore it. affirmation, yeah, yeah. Young Thug, if you're listening, hit up Adam and Jared. <laughs> I just I just want yeah. anyone from like the Kardashian kingdom to wear it for sales yeah. purposes. Mm. We're yep. not we're not equipped at all to handle the volume <laughs> if, if they actually did, but I would be curious to see what would happen and like the intense spike in sales mm-hmm. uh, that would happen if if any one of them wore that immediately yeah yeah mm-hmm. their their range of influence is unbelievable almost as high as the pair of kings podcast yeah basically yeah i'm curious so when you guys are shooting campaigns and and advertising the boots who are the people that you are selling to like what what pocket of the market are you you targeting mm-hmm. is it you know people who work in new york city um may have like a desk job and just kind of want to get outdoors more or you know, what's the... Who's the season three consumer? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's, it's two things, really. It's like, one, there's a market opportunity aspect of it. It's like outdoor brands, like historically, and outdoor consumers have just been like, it's just like, that's the most white thing you can describe. Like, it's just like, that's, you know, if you, if you start thinking about like, who buys the bulk of, you know, just stuff from REI, it's, you know, just upper middle-class white people. Like that's, you know, so for us, we think then the, there's an opportunity to reach consumers who are, you know, a more multi-ethnic diverse, you know, broad base of consumers who aren't really, you know, don't see themselves in these companies and don't see themselves in their marketing and all that kind of stuff. So like that's the kind of macro thing. But I would say within that, uh, we found as a result of really just like how we built the brand and how we, continue to like move along like we found that we really connect with the more creative uh consumer so people who and 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 i think more specifically than people who are creative people who are kind of multi um expressive so people who whose creativity can't really be defined and like oh they're a blank um it's typically people who are like oh i'm a designer but i'm also a dj and i also you know do this like you know, that consumer um, has really been the person we have resonated with. And I think part part of that is intentional because I think like um, there's a lot in the messaging that 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 consumer picks up when they look at the images, you know, Mm -hmm. because I mean, uh, you know, I think to a person who doesn't identify as as, as that, you can look at our imagery and what you're going to pay attention to is like the product itself and like, what does it look like? What do I imagine that looks like on my feet? But I think that to the consumer that we're resonating with, when they look at our imagery, they're like, holy shit, this is an interesting, you know, shot. Like, it's interesting how they lit this shot. It's interesting how they, like, chose to, like, do this, you know, juxtaposition. Like, so I think all of those elements really are what we're kind of, you know, and, and it doesn't even have to be that overt, but it's just, like, putting it out there that we're, you know, resonating with the We've, we've seen that that consumer, Adam can probably speak to this more than me, come back over and over again and be like, even without like, yeah, some of it's like Facebook algorithms um, reaching that person. Um, mm-hmm. But a, a big part of it is just like network. Like 
It's like mm-hmm. when we get our boots on people who are that consumer in our network and they, you know, continue to, you know, it's organic and it propagates out and people kind of identify being part of that community. Most definitely. Yeah. The, the multi-hyphenate creatives are. Yeah. 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 So do you guys have any sort of ambassador program? You've mentioned that these are, you know, your, your ideal consumer are people who are multifaceted people who have, uh, various interests, things like that. Do you have people who, um, you know, you'd want to be spokespeople for the the brand itself um, as a way of kind of spreading the brand, you know, out basically? Uh, well, we, I, I can answer simply, we don't have okay. an ambassador program, um, but what we, we do, we have gifted plenty of products mm-hmm. to, I shouldn't say plenty. We've gifted a small amount of products to people <laughs> that we fuck with, people that we like. And our big thing early days was trying to get, you know, a lot of brands, they test product on Instagram before they even make it. Uh, sure. And a lot of things aren't even real. So we wanted to very much get our boots on people who have some semblance of a following and people who like what they're doing. Um, so people knew that it was a real product that, that you could buy. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, someone like Benjamin Edgar or Chris Black or any of our friends at PlayLab were wearing this or Reese Cooper, like it was a real thing um, mm-hmm. that could be seen in the wild. What kind of changed the nature of how we were doing that was through like everything we do, just like fortuity and luck and, and you know, people wanting to work with us because sometimes we're decent humans. Uh, you know, we were in Reese Cooper's Paris Fashion Week show last January and that's how we essentially launched the brand. And like, that's not something that's repeatable in any way, shape or form is we're not a, like a true luxury fashion company like that. Mm-hmm. We're more of a, a product company and making really, we think great things. But, you know, being that that was kind of the thing, once people saw our boot in Vogue, for instance, it became much more real and tangible. So we sure. didn't need to have the same ambassador program for launch. That being said, you know, we continue to give product where appropriate. Um, but we also truly believe that usually the people you are gifting to are some of the most, um, not influential is the word, for some of the most uh, comfortable or have the most money is, is for lack of a better way of saying it. And they don't really need free product anyway. So yeah. Yeah. we do our, I, for me, and Farrah makes fun of me all the time, like I, we try to straddle like what makes sense of like gifting someone a product or having them try to purchase it or not. Because we really but do- there have been- there have been people who we tried to give product to and then they they bought it they like were like no i want to buy it which is awesome because it's like that's what i would do you know and i and i i don't know certain things where it's like you realize the people people who make things act act differently you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's kind of like the joke of like graphic designers like every they just spend a hundred dollars and it's the same hundred dollars that goes around on like the t-shirts um but that's kind of how like it really is because like the people who we would buy and support shit from do that for us and like it, it's just like when we do it they're like oh i would have given you that for free and it's like no i wanted to like i yeah. wanted to support like that's the whole point well because now you know to, to jared's point now you know what goes into making something and, and even if it's something like a merch t-shirt like and like maybe sometimes this isn't the case but with the people in our little circle, like there's so much time and effort and thought that goes into design and creation of a really well-made product. 
And mm -hmm. it, it really does cheapen it. Like everyone loves free shit, don't get me wrong, but it really sure. does cheapen it in some respects of just like, hey, like here, here's something. And we're like, no, we, we want to pay for the privilege of owning your stuff. So like Jarrett mentioned mm -hmm. um, Flat Earth before, like as, as, our, as our really good friend Archie's company, like we've, I bought multiple things from them and I'm proud to do it every time because mm -hmm. I know the intention with which he creates and designs and does things and anything he puts out into the world is going to be of high quality uh, and a really well-made product. And like, I, I can wear it for, for long, like a long-term, like I love Uniqlo stuff because if I stain it or something, it's a $9 t-shirt, you know, you can get rid of it. Uh, not great for the planet, but you know, great for, for my pocketbook. But at the same time, like that flat earth t-shirt that will last five, 10 years. And just like the Absolutely. famous purse t-shirt Saul's wearing, like that's seven years old. And even though it's completely discolored, which is very obvious, by the way, um, <laughs> it's, it's still, it's not, it doesn't have holes in it. And I would say yeah. pretty much 95% of the t-shirts you buy now uh, from anyone there mm -hmm. within seven years, they are in the trash or a sleep t-shirt, which no one would ever else see. Yeah. Most definitely. So on the topic of your guys, your brand partners, You've done an excellent collaboration with Benjamin Edgar. Uh, potential future collaborations. Who do you guys look for and what do you look for in a potential collaborator? We got yeah, a, a I mean, few things in for... the pipeline, Ooh. but yeah. nothing we, we can discuss yet. But in sure. terms of what we look for, that's yeah. uh, we always yeah, a we look for... discussion. <laughs> what we look for is really like the similar attributes that, that we have like mm -hmm. the, the people who are curious about product and like really intrigued by the journey of making something um any conversation that we would have about collaboration that's too much about like sales and you know money and like market and all that it's like we can speak that language but like we just don't care that much like that's not the point of it for us it's like the point of a collaboration honestly from our perspective it's like can we learn how to make some other shit? Are we going to learn mm -hmm. through this process? Are we going to get to work with somebody who we like and like admire their process and learn a bit about them and, and grow our relationships? Like that's the whole point. Like the Benjamin Edgar is a great example because it's like we met Ben and hung out with him a few times and we like admire what he did. Like I, I think one of the funniest things to me about Benjamin Edgar is like, I feel like now he exists in this world. Like he's known as like an industrial designer. He's known as like a, you know, multi-hyphenate artist who, who does a lot of things but like the dude founded boxed water you know which is like you know they, they still sell boxed water and like sweet cream and shit um and so it's like it, it he he's also somebody who's capable of talking business and really getting down to numbers and like doing all that but like he would rather just work on shit that he thinks is cool and like nerd sure. out on you know random colors from you know 1994's internet um so like I think that, that that type of stuff is what we look for. And, you know, the, the process of making, um, it's just beautiful. It's like, you know, to, to do something with somebody and, and like, I don't know, just learn from them. It's just, it's just a beautiful process. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, our good friends over at Throwing Fits, they're another, another fashion podcast. They actually collaborated with DM earlier this year on yeah, the we saw that. podcast boot. So 
get ready for us to be thirsting in your guys' DMs for the follow-up. The uh, the pair <laughs> of kings. Boot, it's just so impractical. It's suede, but it's a duck boot. When are you going to be wearing suede in the rain? It makes me so mad. <laughs> it, just, it, it drives me insane. It's like the least practical boot of all time. Shout out to our boys over at it, Throwing Fits. Actually, <laughs> they were guests I have, of ours I have earlier this season. I haven't touched your boot, but I, I will I will say if their suede is a is, is a treated waterproof suede, then it's 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 possible. So like we use we almost did a suede boot. Um we did we did a new book, so three of our mm-hmm. colors are new book. And like even that, when people see it, sometimes there's like the doubt of like this isn't gonna be waterproof, but like it it like really is. Um because it's like it's a treated new book that's like meant to be waterproof and it also has like a waterproof lining underneath it. So it's like you know, the, the biggest thing with suede and nubuck that, like, I think gives people the, like, I don't know, that, like, visceral reaction is the fact that, like, we've all seen, like, dirty Timberlands yeah. and, like, Timberlands with, like, water stains and shit. So it's, like, that idea, whenever you, you just, like, mention it, it sounds like it's, like, that's going to be a nightmare. But it could be. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's all just very competitive with our with our friends over uh, at Throwing Fits. His, his main goal <laughs> is to pass them in our in our following and our daily listens but um on the topic of your guys different colorways good luck on that mission oh thank you um what are each of your favorite color makeups of your boot if you had to pick one it's funny a lot of people like uh, in my customer service people always ask us to like pick one for them especially amongst the new buck colors like I'm deciding between gray and sand, which one do you like? And I always have the same response. I never thought I would utter this phrase in my life, but it really is like they're all of our kind of children and you can't really pick one. Sure. But if I was forced to, for me personally, I would choose black. Um, I'm very, I wear a lot of black and like dark colors. So it kind of goes with everything. Mm-hmm. It's the, I think in my view, it's the easiest one to be dressed up or dressed down in kind of mm-hmm. really any situation. Like I've worn those boots to a wedding, uh, polished up. I've worn them hiking. I've worn them literally in like sewage water when we were shooting our Coney Island uh, lifestyle shoot. Um, they were doing construction on the street and it, you know, we were just taking some fun videos and, you know, obviously all that stuff comes out because it's a really high quality leather and that's all fun. So I, yeah, for me, it would be the black, but, on any other given day, I could give you any other. No, for me, for me, it's the sand. Um, and the reason it's the sand is because the sand is not the color that we originally picked from the swatches. <laughs> um, so we, 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 um, so we had like, you know, our friends in Italy working back and forth. We, they sent us so many different, you know, you know, swatch guides. Yeah. Um, and the one that they sent us for the new book material that we really liked um we we already seen two colors we did two colors um the 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 gray and the navy which looked exactly like the swatches and were you know like we were happy with them um it was actually nikki drexler uh former j crew chairman founder old navy like all of these things um that encouraged us to do another color so he was like oh i like the gray i like the navy but you need more do more colors so we went back and we're like, all right, let's do uh, kind of like a army fatigue green, you know, mm-hmm. like some kind of olive in that. So we picked the swatch 
that was like exactly that color. We sent it to the factory. We didn't have time to do prototyping. So it was just like, make this, send it back with the whole order. We're going to, you know, do the photo shoot the next day. Oh, and it came back and, and, and it was not, it was like 100% not that color. Um, <laughs> But they like swore it was, and they just made everything in that color. It, defi it um, definitely isn't. Like, without a doubt, in my mind, it is not. Like, we have a swatch, like, not just a photo, like, in real life of what the color is. And it's like uh, a forest-ish green, but, like, dulled out a little bit. Okay. Um, it's a great color and one we hope to do in the future uh, and actually do it. But, yeah, it came back this sand, and they came to me first and I was looking at them and I always FaceTime whenever we get new product and Jarrett's not with me, FaceTime and we're just looking at it. We're like, this, is, it looks great, but this is not what, what we, this is not what we wanted. Um, but yeah. So yeah it, it was a happy it. accident because I like it. Yeah. Perfect. And people, people really always, they, most uh, white males specifically want brown and they clamor for brown. They ask us when we're doing a brown boot, they want a darker brown. We always send them to the sand and it's funny, even on that, then they want it to be darker. And it's, mm. well, everyone's different and half the people want it to be lighter. Like we've been getting emails recently that the photo of the sands looks darker than it is in real life, which is not true, like in the slightest, it looks exactly <laughs> the same. Um, and also the cool thing about Nubuck, because it has, it is sanded uh, calfskin and has that hair to it. It really does look different in when you basically- Yeah, push yeah different, right? It's two-tone. Yeah, so I keep telling them to just push the grain in another direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quick DIY fix. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Saul? So, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm still here just thinking over questions. Um, what, what's next for the brand? What's next for you guys? Is it, you know, expanding into outerwear? You have an outerwear like tab on your. Um, your website is it kind of mm -hmm. fleshing that out returning back to the original you know idea for season three um is it you know doing more collaborations is it kind of all of it you to answer your, okay yeah all of it to answer your question really because i mean in terms of the original aspiration of season three like that really hasn't changed i think mm -hmm. we probably pivoted slightly more towards outdoors and less towards fashion mm -hmm. as we've kind of gone along mainly because, not just because we see a trend moving there, but based on what we've seen from the pandemic, based on Jarrett and my love of nature, um, we really want to continue making products to make the outdoors more accessible to people mm -hmm. that, as we mentioned before, wouldn't typically shop at an REI, but very much just like anyone else would get the benefit of the outdoors. So as we mentioned, we have a couple of collabs uh, that we're in late stages of discussions with that hopefully come down the pipe over the next few months. Awesome. But we really want to create and we think we can create any product you can buy in an REI from coats, uh, other outerwear bags. Um, but I think to just streamline the, the answer, really the next few products that will be coming in the pipe are definitely um, the sock that I am currently wearing. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a release date because we're still need to, we still need to design it the way we want to, but we have like the material composition down really well with our partners at a, actually a US factory down in North Carolina, which are phenomenal. And then we have two styles, two additional styles we want to design. One being, uh, as we spoke about before, kind of a, a house shoe or something you can kind of take on, like when you're working from home, you walk down to like the corner deli or the gale, um, and then just kind of like slip on, slip off really simply. 
uh, and then a, a real like technical hiking boot um, with a little bit more of that chunky robust sole we were talking about before and a little bit more of those agile materials because um, we think we can do a really good job there. But again, continuing on with the design thesis that we're putting forth and just making something that looks really beautiful in addition to having that functionality. Um, you know, most hiking boots are designed um, same type of colors, same type of materials. And while the sure. materials probably will be the same, I think there, there are things we can do on the design to really make the boots stand out. And we, we started putting together uh, our thoughts on that one and hopeful to launch that in, in next fall. So fall 2021. Nice. Really exciting. Uh, kind of on a similar topic, what is both of your goal in the world of footwear? Or fashion as a whole. Just or fashion or, as a whole, yeah. yeah. Not, to, not to box you guys in or anything like that. Our individual goal or our goal at season three? Ooh, Let's both. hear it all. Yeah. I mean, individual goal for me is just about learning. Like, sure. I think that's like my primary, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like stuck in being a grad student for the rest of my life. But like, I really like, that's what I optimize for in general. Like, I'm, I'm going to say yes if I think I can learn something. Um, so I think that new projects and new areas, like, I'm always going to be up for designing something that I've never designed before. I'm always mm -hmm. going to be up for, like, moving into something if it's like, okay, we can, like, really, you know, I can learn something here. Um, so I think that, yeah, the individual thing is always going to be based on that. So the goal as a company, like, I think that, like, honestly, our, our big our mission, like I said, is like, we think that we can make the outdoor space something that's more inclusive, like far more inclusive than it has been. And really, you know, that's just like the market opportunity in front of us. Um, but also we think that like, there's this huge opportunity to really um, kind of redefine a lot of these products because I think that the, you know, it, you could look in the moment we're in and say like, okay, uh, like outdoor gear and like, you know, gorp shit is like a trend. Um, but I think that it's like, it's, it's not as, I think it's more of just like we have evolved mm -hmm. as making fashion just about disposable waste that we throw on because we think it looks cool and more about something that does something for us. So if, if your pants don't do something for you, you should wear different pants. <laughs> this is my point of view. My pants um, do my taxes. So I think that, <laughs> yeah so and you're good so i think that like i think there's a huge opportunity to like kind of redefine that like i think also like you know and and many people have thought this i'm not like you know unique in my like assessment here but uh like when you look at japan and japanese culture like specifically around fashion and you know mm -hmm. utility uh garments workwear all of that like they're so much more advanced than us and i feel like they've been on that wave of like I need my, the shit that I wear to do something for me for much longer. Definitely. Um, so I think that the, the, the blending of the world of what can be fashionable and what can also have utility is much more evolved than it is in the U.S. where it's just like, most of us are resorting, resorting to like vintage to find stuff that's like, okay, I want something that looks cool, but also kind of has like some rugged aesthetic to it, like a rugged, you know, quality. Like you got to go get like some vintage Carhartt and shit. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that like, in, I think the future, you know, over the next decade or more is going to be more companies, more brands pushing themselves to kind of thread that needle of, we want to make things that are fashionable, 
and cool, but we also, it's not enough to just have them be like t-shirts. Like it's not enough to have them be disposable, you know, garments that no one cares about or things that aren't built for like a life that's like outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. And I would add for me, my personality, just like the brands has like a very distinct dichotomy where like one part, I just honestly want to find like peace and joy and like happiness in my life as cheesy as that sounds. And just like, like work on a farm somewhere and like grow my own food and shit. But the other half of my personality wants to just take over the world, literally. Um, so in terms of that, in terms of what I see for the brand, again, it, it goes along this, this kind of dichotomy, like one aspect, like 50% of it's like, I want to create, make something or create a brand that, you know, puts food on the table for Jarrett and I, allows us to like eat and live our lives. Uh, and it's like a quality job, something I love doing every day. And the other side is because I think this is distinctly where the business is going for fashion, apparel, and footwear specifically. There's going to be a tremendous amount of consolidation over the next five years. Um, and I really think brand holding companies like what you're seeing VF do extremely well, uh, mm -hmm. what you're seeing Authentic Brands Group, G3 and the like, um, in terms of these kind of multi-brand holding companies and the things you can do in terms of cross-selling uh, on, on the front end, on the back end, you know, on the ops synergy and everything that, that makes a lot of sense there. So we want season three to be the first brand in our own mini brand holding company. Uh, and then because we're trying to think through if to your point question before, if it makes sense to launch outerwear out of the season three moniker or to either acquire a company or launch a separate company for coats, uh, you know, sure. mid layers, base layers and things like that. We, we don't have a good idea yet, but in terms of what will actually happen, but in my gut, I know that if we can have like a holding company with five to seven brands, the things we can do there um, would give us a lot of leverage and make a lot of sense uh, for the business model side and also for the selling side of the things we can do from like head to toe marketing, subliminal marketing, and, and a lot of other things to get people to you know really like what we're doing. And then again, all coming from the same ethos of we want to make things better and we won't put anything out into the world that simply is as good as or worse than any other product. Because as Jared mentioned, like we're not blind to the fact that the earth is going to eventually burn up into nothing. So because of that, we, we don't see a reason to just create something that will eventually end up in a landfill. Like sure. there are enough companies that do that uh, and we just don't feel the need to, to be one of them. And that has aspects of our business that means we possibly won't make as much money as some of these other companies in the short term. Mm -hmm. But as Jarrett said, I think long-term, the way trends are going and the way consumerism will continue to move, I think people are going to be much more um, intelligent and um, direct about why they buy something and what they buy and for what reasons. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent answers from the both of you. Really excited to see what you both continue to make, uh, whether it be with season three or branching off doing a, doing a whole family of brands. Very, very exciting. Thank you. So we have, we have one last question in our, our arsenal. Um, trying to think of other ways to say that. We have one last question for you guys. It's the, it's the cornerstone of the Pair of Kings podcast experience. We've asked yes. it to every single guest. Is this um, the wild question? The wild this question? is the wild this one. This is yeah. the wild one. Excellent. And they haven't heard be, this yet. Yeah, they haven't, yeah. They haven't seen Rare this. Rare guests have not read over the questions this time. Yep. So. Um, but... <laughs> Because we didn't send them. We didn't send them. 
but yeah, it would it be would it be a uh, pair of kings podcast if we didn't ask this? True. Something to end on, something to ponder over, dream about, maybe fear. Um, who knows? But Jared, Adam, if you had a year to eat a wooden door, hinges and doorknob included, do you think you can do it? And if so, how? The, the metal wow. no 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 it's it's a wooden door with uh metal hinges and a doorknob mm-hmm. got it and it's a, it's a wood door and I have a metal year door? it's not a metal door it's a wooden door with metal no, no. metal doorknob door oh metal doorknob yeah. sorry yes. yeah metal doorknob door yes. yes one year door you can you can do anything you want to the door do you think you could eat it within 365 days or 366 if it's a leap year and we're talking about a normal, not one of those giant doors, like a normal, traditional door. Normal door. Yeah. Look around your room. There's probably yeah, a wooden st- door. Yeah, I'm looking at a door right now. Yep. Yeah. Visualize the door. That, yeah, hundred percent. Nice. Love the confidence. Like, I definitely could eat it. It would be terrible and awful, and I hope the door wasn't painted. While I was no, it'd be it. it'd be safe to eat. Yeah. yeah we're but, not we're not gonna give you like lead poisoning. No. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get lead poisoning anyway from that door, but. I th- yeah, I, def- I think it would be a horrible process, but I think I, you could cut it with a knife, uh, a saw, excuse me, into small enough pieces for the wood part. And then mm-hmm. we'd have to get, it's not soldering, that's engineering. It would be like um, one of those like propane, like blow torches to like cut the metal hinges down to swallowing size. Swallowing I'm pills. really good at swallowing like 20 to 30 pills at once because I take a, just a stupid amount of supplements for health and wellness. Uh, and I don't like, I wouldn't, I'd be very annoyed by taking them one by one. So I, our viewers, our viewers can't see this. Adam's actually glowing right now. Like fluorescent, (laughs) fluorescent white. He's floating Um, as well. It's partly the sun, uh, actually the snow, the sun reflecting off the snow backdrop and partly because I drink a gallon of water a day and my skin is just (laughs) radiant from that. You're top Uh, radiant. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. So there's there's, there's a wooden door. door. I would do it. No, so it's a wooden door. You could fucking, you could basically chip that down, or or you know, grind it down into Sawdust. like particle, mm-hmm. Sawdust, right? Which you could throw in. Oof. Yeah, you could throw that in smoothies. Yeah. You know, you could, you know, you could, you you know, you you mix that with some peanut butter. Like the, you know, the texture is not even going to be noticeable. You wouldn't anymore. notice. Peanut butter is probably um, half sawdust anyway already exactly so <laughs> i think that it's doable i think to me is less about how i would do it and more about the quantity because i think that if you think about how much fucking sawdust there would be if you blast through half a door like that's a lot like i think i could get through lot. half of the door i don't think okay. i can get through the whole door we love the realist approach and yeah. we love we love that both of you were, were willing to try. That'll be episode yeah. two. We'll all eat a door together. For, in the uh, boots. Yeah. For me. Wearing yeah, yeah wearing it's, season it's three boots, even, eating a door. It's because it's a challenge that mm-hmm. I will like I would finish it. Even though it would okay. be it is not in my best interest. It would be a horrendous no. process. Um but yeah, I feel like you cut it down, like you bring it to a wood shop, you have them cut it down for you into pill size bites and just start ripping through it. <laughs> Okay. Before before we get too far away from questions, I'd be remiss if I just didn't put my shame on the line, sit down, look you guys straight in the face and say, all right, you guys have yet to have a red colorway. The official pod colors are white, black, and red. 
if you guys ever do like a burnt red colorway of the boot, can we slap our names on it? Have a have a collab. We'll promo the crap out of it. I run Deadstock. Well, wear it on every episode. First, yeah. you have to convince Jared to want a red colorway because I said, No, I was going to say, fit me what the red looked like. See, okay. personally, I don't want to do a red. I was thinking okay. about if I was going to do a boot, I'd do an homage to old Nike ACG. Do like blue, purple, yellow, orange. Well, purple is one of our brand colors. So that we could yeah. possibly do. Although Mickey Drexler hates purple so much that he scared, scarred us for ever wanting to use that color again. Um, but no, purple's good. We could we could talk about it. It has to make sense for the um, kind of just the product cycle. But oh, for sure. the one thing I would be wary about, and the first thing that came to mind, especially when you told me about the um, your the other podcast, what what was it called? Dunk Fits. Don't even, no, that's not the name. <laughs> yeah, that one. So was way too protective group, over this. The the minute. You said that I immediately said, "Why the like in my head? Why the fuck would a podcast have a boot collab?" Just like when Slack and I think it was Cole Hahn came out with Something that. Like that yeah. <laughs> I I had such a visceral reaction to that that was so unbelievably negative that I think it turned off all all collabs like that for me forever. Sure. Well, I think even the, if, it yeah, but if we did, if we did a pre-order and, and we didn't market it, no one would know we actually did it. Exactly. So you guys could just Honestly, hide it. We'd so be the only ones to buy tuck pairs. Tuck it away. Tuck it away. How many, yeah. but, how many people do you think would buy that if we actually did it? That's a good feeling. question. We could talk about that in our next meeting. Um, but the, <laughs> the main like reasoning seven? behind their collaboration, their audience is fashion forward individuals who are influenced by two people who are in the world of fashion yeah themselves i think especially for a podcast and throwing fits as well like you know as much shit as i give them they are two guys who have a vision for what they wear their Mm -hmm. their tagline is like navigating the current male zeitgeist something yeah Yeah. right Mm -hmm. so they have an outlook on fashion and obviously their listeners more so than them just being personalities on instagram where they're like hi i drink this tea that makes me have you know rampant diarrhea come get skinny with me right like you know they're they're listening it is a voice in that world like our our audience is late millennial older gen z fashion heads like like people who are interested in this Mm -hmm. stuff on a day-to-day basis but that's enough thirsting for one episode we have gotten (laughs) through the gauntlet the main event the questions but we're not done quite yet uh, we're mm. going to take it over to the closing ceremonies, if you will, starting off with song of the week. Uh, this is essentially a segment where we recommend songs or guests recommend songs, and we add them to a continuous Spotify playlist that we have. Uh, if you mosey on over to Spotify, search Pair of Kings, you'll find our podcast and you'll find the playlist. Give it a listen if you should so enjoy. Uh, but without further ado, Adam, Jared, what are both of your songs of the week? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Lil Uzi Vert Prices. Um, and I'm, I'm picking that song because uh, I was part of a Twitter conversation yesterday where, you know, the year we're in year end list season, where mm-hmm. like people are putting out like best albums, and people are disrespecting the Uzi album. Yeah, uh, and I haven't I seen it mentioned anywhere. It came out March 6th. Mm-hmm. So right before I think the timing was just as, it just was as bad as it possibly could be. 
Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just got left in the dust. But like the album is amazing. And that's one of my favorite songs on the album. So let's, that's, that's where we're going with. Perfect. Adam, how about yourself? So as I told you at the, before we started the podcast, I listen to um, really depressing music or mm. uh, like kind of like loungy work style music to just like no words. So I will go with something with words. And even though I didn't love uh, Future Island's new CD because I thought it was very similar to their other stuff, the song City's Face, I really did enjoy. Um, so that is what I listened to this week. But the rest of it is all people that I don't know who they are and have never heard of and will never hear of again, who produce like loungy electronic music songs. John, you want to you wanna take the second to last slot here what have you been listening gladly to this, this um week? i have been listening to a decent amount of stuff this week a little all over the place um i've been in a good mood so don't don't check up on me after this one it is a frank ocean song uh, don't don't worry i'm i'm doing all right it's uh cayendo by frank ocean uh it's it was a single he released this year uh he speaks spanish during it it's spectacular and um, I look forward to hopefully another project from him, uh, a fully, fully versed out project. Eventually, there's rumor that one is coming, but we will have to see on that. But I think that's a spectacular. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Saul, want to round us out? What do you got? Uh, I would. So I, my song of the week, pardon me, is a song by uh, Walk a Flock of Flame. There is a original, there's a remix with, ti and then there's also a remix with gucci main that's the one i'm suggesting because i like gucci main more than i like ti on this song um the song is 50k um they put it up on spotify and then deleted it but i think they i don't know they must have like re-added it because it was part of an album i don't know but it reminds me of old waka flock of flame when i would listen to him in eighth grade while i was like biking to school um yeah but uh, wait, I, I have a version. Wait, you said the one with Gucci? I have a version with T.I. It's a yeah. on, on Duplaca Rant halftime show. Yep, there's uh, there's the original, there's the remix with T.I. and then the one with Gucci Man. I like the one with Gucci Man more. Oh, okay. Yep, the, on, on Salute or Shoot Me For, 2012. Yep. yep. Do you yeah. think a song that gets two remixes, does that mean it's a great song or a terrible song? I mean, Let Gucci Old Town got remixed, Road. like be yeah. your be your guide on that. <laughs> yeah. Is Old Town Wait, Road no, no, a great no. song or a terrible song? Okay, yeah. I want to hear your outlook on this. I don't even know what Old Town Road is. You're asking. Well, Nas <laughs> X. It was it was top of the charts for like 18 weeks. I don't listen to Adam, popular Adam music. Somehow very, able to, to I wasn't doing was it. Very I was doing advertisement. It was on every single like. I don't. Ikea, it's literally one Ikea, of the biggest songs Ikea. of the last decade. It's the yeah. most popular yeah. song of all time. <laughs> that's definitely statistically speaking it is the most popular song of all time yeah, yeah statistically speaking i've never heard of it so <laughs> uh what who, who sings it lil I'm not nas actually x lil nas x no, no, no. I, I know jared jared i apologize you're gonna be hearing this like in the office for the next two months he'll as be he discovering all the <laughs> No, I'm sure he'll hate it. Is it, it. is it a depressing song? If it oh, is, no, it's, it's, no. No, 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 it's a fun no. song. 
No, not about it. Jared, we have to do cowboy boots quick. Yeah. <laughs> next, next from season three, cowboy boots. Let's go. Yeah. I have one last question before we finish up. Absolutely. I am curious about the last name Hogaboom and what is the entomology? Where does it come from? Because that is a unique and awesome last name. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Um, it's Dutch and it means tall tree, which is perhaps funny because I'm six foot five. So mm, it wow. kind of works out that way. Um, I went to the Netherlands a couple years ago or a year and a half ago on a graduate post-graduation trip through my through my university and uh it was really interesting because everyone there was tall i felt like just the beds were longer the sinks were higher it was wild that part of the world they don't mess around with their height they They do not individuals it was crazy but yeah is dutch klein means small in german where part of my family that part of the family is from and I am like five nine, five nine and a half. So it also is funny and makes sense. <laughs> well, with that being said, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but the best uh, in the continuation of well. your brand. Everything. Thank you so much. Um, before we do get out of here, the floor is yours. Let the people know where they can find Instagrams, anything like that website, give any shout outs you'd like to give the floor is yours. Take as much time as you need. Yeah. I'm in website season3.com Instagram season three with two underscores in the middle. Not ideal, but that's how we're, how we're, how we're rocking. I think, um, I think with the evolution of like Instagram, I think it's fancier now. So I like the underscores. Yeah, No, it looks it, it, it's on trend, yeah. but, but we it's are also three written out T H R E E. Yes. Yeah. So Everyone go hit them up. Uh, yeah. With the number. It'll be in the title of this episode. So if you're listening mm-hmm. right now and you want to check them out, just look at your phone and you're good. Yeah. Remember that it's two underscores. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, Jared, Adam, thank you guys so much once again. Appreciate it. And uh, we you. look forward to seeing what's next from you guys for sure. Thanks a lot. Saul, would you like to take us out? I'd love to. So as always, thank you so much to everybody for joining, listening, engaging, talking, texting, whatever it is. Vibing. Vibing, yeah, whatever whatever it may be. We really do appreciate each and every one of our listeners listening through, giving us a chance. Um, If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We'd love to have you. Um, But as always, I'm Saul Thompson on Instagram once again at Saul Thompson, joined by my wonderful co-host. My name's John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And this week by two guests, Jerry Johnson and Adam Klein, season three. Um, thank you again, guys, for joining us. It has been an absolute blast mm-hmm. getting the chance to speak with you. Um, but I guess John and I together, and this week, Jared and Adam, are the Pair of Kings podcast, where twice a week, every week for the foreseeable future, we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Have a great Thursday, everyone.